And welcome to the second official episode of Apex After Hours, where we spend just about an hour, hour and a half as a post game to the ALGS and also talking about the entirety of Apex Legends, all things Apex Legends, Apex Esports, and more, all from the opinions you care most about the pro players and the ones that are in the trenches playing every single day, featuring some very special guests as well. And look, speaking of special guests, I'm excited to introduce and welcome for the very first time on Apex After Hours, one of the brightest minds in Apex Legends, one of the most historic names and brands in Apex. It's none other than Alberly alongside reigning ALGS champion Anmu from 100 Thieves. Let's go ahead and welcome in the boys. You already know Snipedown's joining me, my regular co-host here for the show. Boys, we're back here to talk about some important topics. A lot to discuss today, that's for sure. But look, I want to first things first is hear how you guys are doing. Anmu, starting with you. I know you just got done with a little bit of a grinder there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling good. A little, little bittersweet, you know, knowing that first was within reach, but second's not bad. Yeah, and Alb, of course, you took uh, the day off today. Lanimals uh, needs to go big, you know, his last day or two of Pro League. How you feeling, man? Did you enjoy Did you watch party, or were you just chilling? Um, I was just chilling, but I was watching the games uh, while I was just hanging out. And, I mean, after the games today, um, we're still in a pretty good spot on the board to, like, actually make LAN. We're still sitting in, like, 14th overall, and a lot of the teams that only have, like, four games played are still beneath us. So I'm, I'm still feeling good about making LAN. Be such an awesome story, man. Obviously, your team's one of the most fun to watch. Uh, you and Lou on one squad. I'm excited to dig into that, and of course, a lot more. But uh, last but not least, Snipe Down, you were also chilling with me, watch partying. How you feeling, brother? Yeah, I'm feeling good. It was it was nice to sit out for a week. I know there's been a lot of stress going on with some of the things that have been happening with the game. So, as you know, as as tough as it is being five or five weeks in, and some of these a couple of the teams only had three, four weeks. You know, it was nice to take a step back, kind of see where everyone placed after this uh, weekend, and, and you know, um, now we just get to focus on what happens next week. Yeah, if there's uh, any week that's probably a good week to sit out on, it's this week with a lot of you know, things going on, you know, some server issues in APAC North, and certainly a lot to talk about. And speaking of which, let's go ahead and break down the topics for today, just so everyone's aware of what we're going to be discussing. First things first, we'll be doing a post-game, post-ALGS breakdown of all things that we just saw over the last six games in NA Pro League. Obviously, Anmu is competing in that one. Uh, going to get Albert Lully and Snipedown's take as well. We'll have a little bit of discussion around the meta right now. We saw a lot more Rampart today, which was interesting. Um, certainly a lot to talk about. Some rumors swirling around that Albert Lully's Team are going to be running Gibby, the return of the Gibby. Uh, <laughs> I love that face. So we'll get his take on that and if that's happening for sure. So we'll just discuss all things Apex, all things Apex Esports as Alba has to look to make sure nothing dangerous happened and something dropped off behind him. Um, and then from there, it was your cat. Of course, it's always the cat. The cats are evil, by the way. And then, of course, from there, we'll move to just a bit of a team discussion. I'm really interested to hear uh, some more detail around Lanimals, you know, how things are going, how they're meshing as a team. I want to get Amu's perspective on 100 Thieves. I want to get Snipe's perspective on FaZe. Always good to hear from the players themselves that live and breathe everything with their team. Obviously, a slightly biased perspective, but always good to get their perspectives. So we'll do a bit of a team discussion. Then we'll move on to state of the game. I think the most important topic we'd be remiss to not discuss right now is uh, just the state of our, of our game all up. Audio issues that plagued the LGS today. Um, we also had server issues plaguing APAC North significantly. There's, there's a lot from a technical perspective that's just making the game really difficult to play and tough to watch. And uh, we got to talk about, talk about that if we possibly can. And then last but not least, we'll wrap up with um, state of our eSport. You know, what can we do as an eSport? What is needed right now to make sure that Apex is not just a five-year eSport, but a 10- or 15-year eSport as well? So that's our topics for the entirety of the day. Let's go ahead and jump right into topic number one. It's ALGS post-show and the result of uh, the standings from ALGS today. Uh, Anmu, who says they're nocturnal, will get that graphic start fixed. If you could change that to, uh, to Anmu, uh, Chrono, that'd be great. Now, Anmu, not nocturnal, would love to start with you. Um, would love your, your take. You guys obviously performed well today. First, like you said, was in grass, but uh, which team stood out to you, and how, did you, how do you think your team did today? 
Um, I think compared to last week, our team, obviously, you know, we had a little bit of a role swap. We swapped Scurry and Vax. Scurry ended up playing Valkyrie again, and Vax went to Catalyst. So to basically put all that together in one week, I mean, it's hard to be upset with the second place, even though first was three points off, but... Uh, I'm 100% upset. Uh, upset, Jesus. I'm sorry, <laughs> my brain's fried. I've, I've been... It's a long day. I've been it's in the long. trenches, but... Uh, it's hard to be upset, though, with our result. Uh, probably the team that stood out the most to me would have been uh, Glitch, though, because they also came off a pretty bad week last week as well. And they ended up pulling out a third place, which was much needed for them to basically stay in uh, contention for land. Dude, I I'm going to yeah. throw it out there. I... I I do not give you guys enough credit. I, I'm just going to be straight up. I, I keep saying it to myself. I was like, this Hunter Thieves team catches me off guard all the time because I feel like you guys either win, like, you guys win games or you, you don't perform. I feel like I feel like you're, like, you like I yeah. said, like, you either end up at the top or you end up at the bottom, but you are more consistently at the top than you are, which is why, you know, you've always performed. You've made it to all these lands, and, and I think... Like, like, I think you are the only triple mouse and keyboard team. So I don't know, like, if that ever has gotten into your head about, you know, can it, is it hard for us to fight or if you just only focus on your own gameplay? But, I, I mean, uh, personally, I mean, I, I gained a lot of respect for you guys this week as well because you did make those shift-ups with, with uh, Scurry and Vax. And I, I'm kind of curious as to what was the reasoning for that? Was this just to be more comfortable uh, with those two players or, or what kind of sparked that? Um, I think the main conversation was... Um... Having Vax as our co-IGL, obviously, having him in control of basically a micro-rotational ability, whereas, like, instead of me or Vax kind of relaying that information to Scurry and kind of having some confusion in it, it just eliminates that communication gap, like, altogether. And it also, it's not like Scurry doesn't have experience on Valkyrie, you know? Like, we won champs with him on Valkyrie, so it's, it's not like he's foreign to the character. So I, uh, the swap was kind of easy in our opinion. It was just uh, kind of just making sure that we gel and fill our roles in such a short time. That's interesting. It's a big, it's a big change. Now, Eric, you bring up a good point, man. You you sleep on 100 Thieves. Who doesn't sleep on 100 Thieves? Like, let's be really honest, man. Going into every competition, um, it seems like 100 Thieves is the most slept on team. Uh, Alba, I'd like your take on that. You're obviously a mouse and keyboard supremacy, one of the last standing. You've been competing against these guys for a long time, all MNK team. Um, do you think 100 Thieves is undeservedly slept on or, you know, or a hot take here? Do you think that there was a time where they were maybe slipping? Or would love, would love your take on this squad. Hey, not going to hurt my feelings. Um, <laughs> I love it. I'd a bit. I'd say I'd say you guys are slept on primarily because I feel like you're more of a macro team than like a really really strong fighting team like your rotates are just like top notch just some of the best um, and other teams tend to just get the spotlight just because of how like the ALGS observing works like you just see more teams that just brawl a lot than we, yeah. we get screen time of you guys and Great I think point. that's really all it is. That's a really good point. Um, anything you'd add to that? Any reason you kind of think you, you tend to be slept on or do you think that's really the biggest biggest reason right there? I think that's the biggest reason. Like, we tend to not usually take as many early fights as probably most of the other teams that get a lot more time. And, I mean, it's it's not like you can really fault them for that. I mean, like, when you're showing a broadcast, you're not going to just show a team, you know, run into zone when there's fights going on. It's You're, you're going to show the fight, which I, I can't really blame them. I just saw... Yeah, on, I would say that's it. I just saw in the graphic as well that you guys actually had the most kills on the day compared to all the other teams, even though like you, you didn't place first, but you had 34 kills on the day. And I mean, the next list is with Dark Zero who got six with 32, who is a very strong fighting team. That's kind of like where they get most of their points. So I mean, at the end of the day, 
if your macro is top notch, those kills are going to fall into your lap the further you get into the game. So I think that's kind of something that you guys have always always been a, a strong with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could agree. They, they, have, they have that, like, perfected for their play style. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's actually interesting. I mean, you're the IGL of this team. You have been for a long time. I think you're also a slept-on IGL in a lot of ways, you know, co-IGLing now with Vax. Um, unless I'm wrong, is, you're still IGL in squad, right? I'm not completely blanking yeah. here. You're, you're okay, not, I was like, wait right. a minute. <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> Blake Sermon. I heard you say you gave some up to Vaxlon here recently. So yeah. uh, you guys have always been, I don't think you've ever tried to be an edge fighting team. You guys have, as far as I remember, you guys have always been an early rotate. Yeah, we've always been an team. early rotate, go to zone, and kind of basically control our space, clear an edge if we can, and then take as much space as we can at that point, and then steal kills from the outwards looking in. Yep. I, th I think, a... like, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Okay, it, please, the edge style of play is so inconsistent. Like, we've seen for yes. forever now that the teams that focus on their macro and have the best macro that get to late game are the ones that are the most consistent teams. I, truth I truthfully think if you're playing hard edge, then you don't have the full confidence in your macro to get, like, to the end game spots all the time. You're so focused on getting the kills and, and making up big games based on those big kills because maybe you don't know zones the best or maybe you aren't fully confident to get to those end game spots or maybe you just think your POI isn't good enough. There is always a way, whether you cut loot or find better rotations around other teams doing research. And, and I think, you know, 100 Thieves is a great example of, of that to a T. Thank you. Yep, yep no, I'd agree with that. I think that's certainly a big part of it. As someone who's done, you know, every ALGS broadcast, you're spot on. Um, you, you tend to kind of follow the teams that are playing aggressive early and then you kind of continue mm -hmm. following them, their trajectory, because you want to tell a narrative, you want to tell a story, right? So if a team exactly. started off with a 50-50, you want to keep following that team to the end. You're not going to follow 100 Thieves who's, who's rotating you know, for free towards the end. That, that's something to be part of. I think another part too, and I'll be honest with you, is uh, you're very, you guys are very soft-spoken. You guys let your gameplay speak for yourselves. You guys don't talk a lot of trash. You guys, you know, aren't the, the very outspoken, aggressive, out there personalities. Um, which I think Amu, you know, you got a great personality, man. It's travesty that he'll just let you play with your headband. I think if hey, Amu, all, all I'm saying, man, person. it's all I'm saying is it's coming back. I'm, I'm fighting. I'm fighting. You're just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it. You hey, should. Matafe wore it in London, man. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm, wearing, I'm bringing it back. I don't care. Damn straight he is. Man. <laughs> I've literally escalated this to the commissioner of the ALGS trying to say, why can't Amu knows this? Because I told him I would. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about this for years. Amu with his headband on is a different. Do you feel, like, to be honest, this might sound crazy, but do you feel more confident with it on? Is it like a, is it like a thing or not really? Not, not really. Yeah, it's not really. Usually, uh, I, I started wearing it because, like, I have longer, like, I had longer hair. I'm, I'm, anyone who knows me, I'm kind of lazy. I'm a procrastinator. Uh, except when it comes to Apex, but uh, I just didn't get my haircut one time and I wore a headband and I did good, so I just keep wearing it now. <laughs> so now it's a superstition thing, and you know, yeah. look good, look good, dress good, look good, play dress good, good you know, feel, feel good, good try right. good. Next That's thing right. we're gonna have like war paint under the eyes going into land. <laughs> <laughs> the evolution of the Anmu. Now, yeah, so uh, it's yeah, good to get your take on that. Congratulations again on a big day today, but let's jump into a little more of a macro discussion. Uh, a lot of crazy things happened today, and I don't even think the LGS casters caught it. Uh, Optic was intentionally dropping fish farms to try and eliminate LG from the lobby. Al, would love your take on that. Did you see? Did you see that happen? And uh, you know, do you think that's fair? Fair play, foul play? What's your take on that? Oh, it's it's really smart to do, considering Agreed. they they want the PO the same POIs, right? You should absolutely be doing that in tournaments, and I think not enough teams like take advantage of that when they're high in the standings to like try and knock out a lower team that has a better POI. I, I think we should see more teams doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, completely agreed. We've seen a bit of it, you know, from teams here and there. Eric, you were obviously talking about it and casting through it. Any thoughts that you have on, on the optic versus LG rivalry? Yeah, I mean, 
I think early on in Apex, people were almost too friendly with each other. I, I think people like wanted to be friends instead of, you know, we're competing against each other and, and, you know, we're getting into these later weeks. I mean, for us, you know, we didn't necessarily want some teams doing well this week. And I think now that we're let, he heading into the final few weeks, we're going to see more griefing um, going into this, you know, next two, or we have Group C, I think, plays both Saturday and Sunday. So depending on the standings, like, people are going to be targeting each other. And LG actually, game one, landed down Beast on top of Optic, which which sparked this whole thing in the first place. I, th I think LG knew that they were going to get focused. There was some griefing going on in scrims where Optic was trying to land on LG. And I think uh, LG was trying to get ahead of it and catch them off guard, which I think personally LG should have just ran Optic down and gotten them out of the game because if LG could have gotten a big game game one, uh, then it could have changed the entirety of, of the rest of the games because both of them did poor optic has the leeway to do poor this week because of how far ahead they are and then lg ended up getting chased down pretty much for all of Stormpoint and the world's edge when that first happened because i'm sure we can get into that as well you know lg landed um lava siphon and then had to go east frag dz and oxygen were switching pois optic was just trying to find lg the entire time and, you know, I think this is just a, a preliminary of what we're going to see going into these final two weeks, especially with a team like TSM, because no one wants them at land, to be fair. Like, if you are a team that's going to make it to land, you don't want them there, because there's always a chance of them winning. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great yeah. point. It was madness today. Sorry, you going to say something? Go ahead. No, I was just agreeing. Yeah, yeah. It was madness today. It was really fun to watch. Uh, I think for game one, and you're back to Nocturnal. Sorry about that. Looks like the graphics package is messed up. Sorry, I'm not trying to do you dirty. It's the graphics oh, package man. from last week. I'll, I'll you, carry Nocturnal the torch for Skyhook teams. <laughs> That's right. You're holding it down. To be fair, Nocturnal was nice wig for half of last broadcast because wig was supposed to do the show and I wasn't able to do it. Uh, so um, I guess this is just, he gets his airtime now. But Anmu, uh, I think game one, someone said in chat, I think I did see that. We didn't see it on stream, but game one of World's Edge, you guys got dropped on fairly early in game as well. Did that, did that happen or was there a little bit of... 50, 50, one of it? world's edge no, no? We, i don't think we 50 50 would okay you guys just no, split we, we were pretty sky with XF, yeah like yeah we just yeah. split skyhook i don't okay. think anyone 50 50 does yep so much that chat i wasn't sure if that was that was accurate or not but you know great point eric regarding a bunch of teams lg was kind of in shambles today trying to find someone to drop after not having the storm point that they wanted and that's an interesting one you know there's a couple of teams uh and then i'd love to kind of transition the discussion there a couple of teams that you, you thought was maybe a lock or you'd really expect to see on land one, it's just the reality of the state of North America and how many teams there are, how, how much depth there is in the region. But LG, TSM are two kind of big household names at risk of not qualifying. Al, you obviously watched LG today. What do you think is going wrong for them? Um, honestly, it's it's hard to tell since I can't understand their comms. So I don't know <laughs> if they're going bad with macro or like if the fighting comms are off. I'm not I'm not really sure. Yeah, it is tough to say. It could uh, it could have to do with their comp. Yeah, it yeah, could just be a I, comp thing for them. I just think, I think it's the play style thing that we talked about. I think it's like they are in a POI. Last split, they had the Horizon and really aggro comps. They're a great fighting team. And I think this one is a more defensive situation. So their fights that they were used to taking aren't available as much to them anymore. And they're not, it doesn't seem like they're as good of a fighting team as they were last split. Um, I watched them get 2v3'd by NRG on Stormpoint today in a situation where there's zero reason they should have lost it. And I, I, I don't know if that's just a confidence thing. Maybe they're just pressured because they know they have to perform now that we're in the second half or what it is. But it, it definitely seems like they're not comfortable in comparison to where they were last split. Was LG not playing their Horizon, like, bank comp? No, I don't believe they were. Um, hmm. I, I, I could Pretty be wrong sure about that. Horizon that's interesting. Was it Horizon Bang? I was, I was going to say yeah, they, they played it in Horizon. scrims yesterday, so... It'd yeah, be interesting uh, if they just didn't play it. 
I just personally think Horizon right now is just super overrated. Like, there's no reason to pick her into things like Rampart. She beats Catalyst to an extent, but, like, it's like a, what, 90-second, 120-second cooldown on on Horizon ult just to beat a Catalyst yeah, got, passive. Yeah. Like, it's just not really worth it. I, I think it's more of a comfort pick, which is why a lot of teams go for it. Yeah, but it's just a bad one. It's like playing Bloodhound when you can play Seer. Yeah, you're not wrong. You know? I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just yeah, yeah. saying people are playing what they're comfortable with. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that. Obviously, a big part of TSM's success was how being the best Horizon in the world, one of the best Horizons in the world, is so good on Horizon, and they've been struggling mm -hmm. this year as well. So I think you actually might be onto something there. Eric, you agree? You know, you think, you, what are, you, are you guys running Horizon? Do you think Horizon's off meta right now? We, I kind of want to run Horizon. Like, I, I kind of want to <laughs> run like a Horizon Valk uh, Seer comp just to see, just just because we have some leeway on, on our points right now. I think it would be interesting um, j just to like have a little bit of variety in terms of what we run. I, I don't, I mean, I don't think we really need to change anything because it's working for us. You know, we had the one outlier really bad week where we got 18th, but I, I think it's good for us to, to try and play other comps. Um, I still think Horizon's really good. I think the ult is a win con when it comes to late game. Like if you're in a position to have Horizon Q and ult and you're, you know, stacking buildings with other team, I, I feel like you're almost guaranteed the win in, in those types of situations. Uh, it, it really comes down to utility and the way that you use it properly. I don't think Horizon is necessarily go find every single fight that you can get. Um, her Q is not nearly as dominant as it was last split because you don't have the ability to just beam someone going up it, which was her strongest thing. Now it's more so like just taking positioning with her abilities, so it's a completely different style that you have to use her. Yeah, I think right now there's just a lot of underutilized, like, off-meta picks that we're going to see coming into play, like, once land scrims start happening, because I think people are going to be playing overly safe coming into these next, like, two game days um, for, you know, day six and for regionals. Um, like things, I think I think we're going to see things like Gibby coming out. I think we're going to see things like Ash coming out. I think we're going to see a lot more Bangalore. <laughs> um, I think a lot of teams are going to be pivoting off of Catalyst because of just how good Rampart is. Um, end games are going to be playing completely differently in the next like month or two. I think. Man, I'm not gonna lie. I'm getting all types of excited for this discussion. We have a dedicated topic slot for Meta. Uh, we'll get there. I want to get there. I want to wrap up with LGS standings talk because I think that's important. And I'm surprised Amu didn't, you know, smile cheek to cheek when Ash got dropped as a, a potential. Oh, I would love to. I would love <laughs> I to. I love He's Ash as well. You and I are both yep. on that train. Dude, I love we're that probably character. probably the only one. It's so fun. <laughs> He's been trying so hard to convince Six and the boys yep, to I'm let like... them run Ash. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that, though. I'm excited to talk about that. Let's let's take a look at the standings, though, because I, I think it's important. You know, we're, we're one or two days left of Pro League left. Uh, two days of Pro League, one more match point final. And we really got to talk about this, right? There's a couple of teams here, 11 through 20 that either are really this big names or are names you wouldn't have necessarily expected, right? TSM, oh, this is outdated, actually. Yeah, yeah outdated. that's just from today. This is from before today, right? Yeah. We'll get, we'll, sorry, we'll, uh, we'll come back to us. Is this before today? I think it is, right? 11 yeah. before I, today. I think this that's is wrong. today, isn't it? That's Wait, today's games. Those are today's games. That's today's games. That's today's oh, games. Okay. We're looking at the overall standings. Sorry, all apologies. We'll get the updated graphic. Uh, Cardinal St. Link right now and scroll down. You'll see the updated graphic there. We'll talk through it verbally, though, until we get the graphics up and, and correct. Uh, sorry, he was pulling. He thought I meant standings for today's competition. Okay. I want to jump into the macro, though. We talked a little bit about the micro of today. You know, Optic obviously uh, was trying to grief LG, but still ended with a big 20-point game. They're still looking. I think they're looking the best of any team in North America. We'll, we'll talk about that. But first things first, the overall standings. Um, you got Furia in 10th with four games played. So they're looking good. I would include them in this list. Glitch Energy, a really much-needed win, win today in performance. They're in 11th with five games played. Uh, eight points above TSM in 12th with five games played. Uh, Drug-free, Lanimals, Alb, you're sitting right there with 47, 40, right behind Drug-free with 48. Luminosity with 46, only four games played. So 
them, them not having a great day today certainly helps you, you know, helps FaZe. Uh, but then there's Sentinels, all the way in 17th with 44. There's CLG, who started really strong, looked really good with the shiny pickup. You know, five games played with 45. Uh, Native Gaming is a team that had a lot of hype coming in uh, to, to Pro League and hasn't necessarily performed great. Oxygen, a game behind, um, had a roster change, obviously a big roster change. Um, so, uh, and then Tripods is another kind of big name I'm sure a lot of people want, want to talk about. They're in 28th place with four games played. Um, any of those teams I just mentioned, I want each of you to pick one. And if someone picked one, you can't, uh, you, all, you also can't pick it. I'd love your thoughts as to kind of that team or pick any of the teams I mentioned, what's maybe not going well for them. And, you know, uh, do you think they have what it takes to bounce back these last one or two days of Pro League? I'm going to start with you of any of those teams I mentioned. Pick one, just pick one and dissect them if you, if you, if you <laughs> wouldn't mind. Um, I, I'd say probably the biggest team that would be able to bounce back would be LG. Um, simply because, say, obviously they're a day behind the other two groups and they're still sitting around 15th. So basically, from what it sounds like, is they got kind of griefed, or at least griefed by Optic. They wanted them out of their POI. That's understandable. But uh, this next week, Optic's obviously not in the lobby. So if they can bounce back on this next week, then they're definitely not out of it because they still obviously have another game to play. That's a great point. Yeah, they have another week without Optic in the lobby, who, can, who they've been getting contested by. Uh, Alb, you're next, and you can't pick Lanimals. I know I threw that name in the mix. You can't pick your own team. Hmm, okay. Um, I just type the names in the chat if you want to I'd see. Say... Oh, don't worry, I'll pick you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I doubt yes. Um, I'd say I'm, I'm going to focus on tripods a little bit. Yeah. I think that they've had, like, a lot of interesting growth over the past, like, couple months as a team, um, especially with Realm coming out. They've kind of, we've kind of seen who on that squad can play the dedicated IGL role that they kind of lack. Um, because they have like a, an interesting like mix of personalities IMO um, with people like Nick who's very very outspoken and very uh, decisive and I think he's really good at making like micro decisions uh, like end game end game calling and like fighting calls and stuff like that and Gent who's more more quiet and relaxed I think he's someone whose strength leans towards macro and we've seen that in um, just in realm games personally. Um, I'm surprised to see that they're in 28th. I think they could be doing a little bit better. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I don't think, obviously, at this point, you know, 18 points in, I, there's no shot that they're going to make land. But I, I think that they could oh. if they if they put these next two, like, two days in pretty well, unless they just win regionals. Um, exactly. I think that they, mm -hmm. could, they could still finish, like, in a respectable, like, top 20 uh, within these next two days. You know, top 20 gets them to the match point final, and then, hey, some type of pop-off game. I don't think they've ever won a pro league before, but maybe there's a, there's a first for everything. I might be wrong about that. But, yeah, it's interesting. I guess one, one last thought on that. Actually, Eric, I'll ask you this, and then you lead until I want you to do animals because you obviously know Al Rally really well. It's going to be interesting. One last thought on, on tripods. Yeah, they don't, you know, there's, it's still kind of a question mark who their IGL is going to be. Gent is like super soft. Gent and Nick are polar opposites in personality. Yeah, Gent exactly. is super soft-spoken, knows the game really, really well. That's what Albert is alluding to. Nick, super outspoken, decisive. Who do you think should be IGL on that team, Snipedown? I mean, I think, I think at this point, Nick would be the most comfortable one to be the IGL. Um, I think Deeds and Gent can feed really good information, but I think Nick has the most assertive voice on that team. And if he's the one making the final call, then it's like just the way he says things are more of commands rather than questions because when it's we could do this or or like uh you know maybe we go play here like th those don't sound super like 
just commanding the troops and Nick Nick is just a, a general when it comes to what he wants to do I do think that because of how individually skilled both gent and deeds are that there will be times that they do need to overcall certain situations I know in the last game they were talking about how they should have just gone and played somewhere and held held a team out instead of trying to force a fight when it was too late I think there are, you know, this late on, it's going to be hard for Nick to just be perfect when it comes to IGLing because it is really late into the split. So I don't know if they're focusing on maybe what's to come in the future or what's going on there. I think Nick could could be really solid if he started off as IGL, but now we're, we're later on, so it's going to be more difficult. So Gent, as he was the IGL, still needs to be able to take over and, and call when something is uncomfortable because I could tell they were uncomfortable in that final game. That's a great point. And look, you know, I, I teamed with Nick for two different occasions, two different teams. He was never the IGL for any team in Gears. He was never the core leader of the, of the team, but he's very, very, very good at co-IGLing. Like, he sees something contributing, has a really good mind for the game. So I got to agree with you, Snipe. I think Gent maintaining IGL going into these last two weeks, crucial two weeks to make it to the match point final as a top 20 team, you know, stick, stick to it because it's a slippery slope to start, you know, shuffling your IGL and you kind of lose your identity as a team with just two weeks left. Uh, but Nick, co-IGLing, I think, could be really valuable. I think the reps he's putting on Realm have been certainly helpful. So i got to agree with you on that. But let's shift topics here. Your, your, your team, your pick. And uh, you, sounds like you already picked one. It's Lanimals. I'd love to get your take on, on this squad. Well, I'm just excited for this last few weeks with Lanimals because I talked to Mac a little bit. I was just in a stream watching him play League one night where he was just relaxing. And I, I was asking, he was talking about how they might want to play Gibby. And I think Gibby is, I, I think with how the meta is right now and it's random, I think Gibby being the sole Gibby could be a really strong pick. I mean, when Mac and I teamed, we played week one and our best week was with Gibby. And I think everyone on that team, like Mac and Lou are both incredible Gibby players. So either of them could play that character, be really comfortable. Uh, they're one of the most individually talented teams in terms of what they can all accomplish i've seen them all 1v3 people or 1v3 teams so abusing that character where you know i mean I, I, could you even do like a gibby rampart i don't even know if that's like a, yes. a, a like that's what you, we you set do. up you Holy set up barriers inside the gibby bubble after you for after you like launch in a spot and all of a sudden you can like you can and, and i think for a team like lanimals specifically because they are such a high intensity team you know every one of them gets you know the passion is flowing and non-stop i mean naughty is just a lunatic when you listen to his comms half the time so having that extra i think 13 seconds with a gibby bubble to like stall and just say breathe for a second let's find out what the best play is and reset is huge for a team like that that really is super momentum based but once they have the call, like they can all jump on it. And I, I like I said, being the only Gibby uh, on the map is a huge bonus for a team that it has two Gibby mains that have shown a, a lot of success in the past playing that character. So I think it, I think it, this is the perfect time to try something new. I mean, I, I'm actually not happy with fucking Mac because he he brought out Rampart in the first place, like and Alliance. Like the, I hate that character with a passion. She's so frustrating Same. to play against. You get charge rifles. Like the character is just annoying. But I think with a Gibby Rampart, that that is a completely new meta that people haven't seen. And if there's a team that could bust it out and do well with it, I, I think I think they're probably the go-to. Alvin, I know you're itching to talk, and I can't wait to get your thoughts. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna have you hold it and, and, and really think about and synthesize your thoughts because I want to get Anmu's take first, and then I want all that energy to explode from uh, what's going through your mind right now. But Anmu, I love your take. You guys are the ones that pioneered the uh, Newcastle Watson meta, which is you know, kind of a similar, you know, bunker up and and uh, be able to hit reset type of team comp. So. I'd love to get your take on, on a potential Gibby Rampart team comp coming out from Lanimals. Yeah, basically the reason why I see that being a potentially dangerous comp is uh, that type of play style, those types of characters, it allows you to 
basically buy time when no other comp can buy time. You can play spots early that no other comp can play early. And then it just becomes holding, basically holding the floodgates, playing damage control. You have extra damage shooting to the walls. They got to break those. By the time they break them, they're reloading. It's just, it's very hard to fight against if you basically position yourself. And that's 100% the hardest part about that comp, especially with the charge rifles in the meta. Like, your rotation is your Valkult. If you're getting shot out of your Valkult and landing, hitting the ground when you're weak, it's going to be hard to reset with all the Sears. But if you can manage that, I 100% see that being a lethal comp, and there's no reason why I don't see you guys uh, being a great team on that. Oh, baby. Well, look, I'm excited to get Alb's thoughts. If you agree, disagree, if these guys brought anything up you didn't think about or what the thought process is behind that team comp, I'm guessing Naughty's going to be your third on, on Valk is what I'm guessing, but we'd love to hear yeah. your, your take on this. Um, well, without giving away too much of our game plan of how we want to play it. Um, get your notepads out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, the basic idea is, like you said, you know, like buying a lot of time um, with playing spots early that we can't play on any other comp. Um, but it's very, very... The way that the comp is played is very reminiscent to the old Gibby Caustic uh, playstyle which all three of us are very, very comfortable with, as that was the most recent meta before the Horizon Seer one. Um, so, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of just slamming spots in Ring 4 that no one else can be near, taking a ton of space, and um, just playing for, like, playing for the end games. really, is what that comp is, is all about, you know? We're not, we're not going to be, like, cruising around edge and trying to find fights or, like, focusing on early KP. It's just going to be all, like playing for the end game, making sure our Gibby ult's hitting like nine people at once in ring five when all the cat walls go up and uh, just trying to close out games that way and just brawling in our bubble. Damn. That's going to be interesting, man. Uh, Gibby I'm okay with. I'm with Eric. I cannot stand Rampart. Caustic. I love Rampart. Oh my god, I hate you so much. The charge rifles it's wasn't me. so though. annoying. That's not a <laughs> Rampart thing. Yeah, it's that's so not even a, to play against. It's, it's so not even a rampart watch. thing. Like rampart, the the amp walls don't even buff charge rifle. It adds it adds six Actually, damage to charge rifle. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. You can get two yeah. shot by a rampart with a charge rifle. Yeah, two shot. It's, it's just the fact you can't back them off because they can't shoot you back. That, that's yeah. the main thing about it. Yeah, it is annoying because of that. It's so annoying. It's having to waste like constant ammo on the walls, and uh, at some point, it's like I'm not even going to shoot these anymore. I'm just going to yep. not peek, and you know they just keep building walls. It's I think Rampart's biggest buff came when her walls actually were able to take what 150 damage on drop, which is well, yeah. 125, 125, 125, and before they would break instantly, and she was just useless. So I mean, just having instant cover, I mean, is is a huge asset as a character because I mean, Massive. yeah, especially yeah, in a defensive meta. And that's yeah. ultimately why Newcastle, correct me if I'm wrong on me, but that's why Newcastle fell out of meta is because teams just started focusing Newcastle walls and you can't recharge them, right? Whereas Rampart, you can um, play another wall. You, I, I think you... it was more so that, like, the direct counters to Newcastle were more in meta. Like, you got people flying up Horizon Q, shooting you over your wall, breaking your gen, throwing nades, throwing bang smokes at the front of the wall. You can't do anything then. Yeah. So it's just, it's not that Newcastle Watson's necessarily a bad comp. It's mainly that all of the counters to that comp are basically in the meta right now. Mm, interesting. Because nothing happened in Newcastle Watson. It's the same thing when we played it. It's, it's the same thing, but I think teams started. I mean, early on, you didn't see teams focus in, like team fire a Newcastle wall mm -hmm. like they did. Well, in, in, you know, grief early on when we played it at Champs, there was one Horizon Seer team pretty much, and that That's was Furia. Yeah, that was Furia. Everyone was else point. was still on Gibby. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. you guys haven't experimented with like Newcastle Rampart. 
because that's a really it's an interesting comp that's genuinely yeah. not bad for yeah very, we've we've definitely talked about that before we just uh we, we're kind of just comfortable with how we're doing right now like mm -hmm. our basically when we play bad it's i think it comes from an energy point we're our worst enemies uh when we're all in there we're having fun we're making jokes you know have really good energy we're playing good like we feel like we can't be touched in a gunfight and part of the internet that's crazy because right we're on mnk yeah, that's crazy. You're part of the ignorance, your team cop right now. You guys moved to what? Uh, Catalyst, Seer, Valk. I thought it's still on right. the same thing. Yeah. Vanilla. Yeah, yeah, same vanilla comments. I thought. Yep, that's interesting. Well, uh, from what I'm understanding, Alb, if you had to make a prediction going into playoffs, which is in two months, dude, we have three months almost. Like we have three months to playoffs. Uh, you think we're going to see a completely different meta by the time playoffs comes around after land scrims, after uh, international scrims? Yeah, I don't think we're going to see nearly as much Catalyst. I think we're going to see a lot of Rampart, and we're going to see a lot of team comps based around sieging these Rampart teams because they buy far more time, and they're far harder to push than Catalysts are. I'm playing Fuse. At that point, I'm just I'm just playing Fuse. <laughs> just get a bunch of nades, just Fuse Qs constant, because Maggie does... I don't think Maggie counters Rampart at all. Maggie doesn't the, do the, enough. The, the, Q, the Qs do nothing. Like, she, she stops people from playing on the wall temporarily. Fuse is much better at slow sieges, but if you want to like explode into a Maggie's or into a Rampart's room, Maggie's a lot better for that. Is there a wrecking ball? Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Damn. Holy cow! That that just got me thinking and excited. Uh, Rampart meta is is here. I mean, you guys would, would say it's here or it's about to be here. We have what seven or eight teams running Rampart today, Alb? It's approaching. I'd it's say approaching. It's, it's it's coming in. It's coming in yeah. heavy. Yep. Rampart. If you see another here. fuse, don't shoot him. <laughs> yeah, see another fuse, right. don't shoot them. We're queuing walls. So I'm just hoping Rampart meta approaches fast now. So then by the time playoffs come, it's out of meta. And then keep in mind, May 8th, a new season comes out, which we're going to have a new character for the first time and since Catalyst. Um, I think, I'm guessing, there's a new, I hope there's a new character. It wasn't last season. So uh, who knows what that character will be and how things will change. But yeah, safe to say, meta is going to be a roller coaster. I think we, we all agree with that, right, Snipe? Yeah, I mean, I, I like changing metas. Like I said, if, if we can play Ash or if Fuse gets added into the meta, I think having the most characters involved is the best case scenario just for the game. I, I think when, like, as much as everyone loved, like, the Wraith, Watson, Path meta, I mean, it was boring. It really was boring to watch. So, I, like, I love the counters of characters. You know, like, with, like, Watson had to be used when, like, it was like this nade meta, whatever. But, you know, Watson might come back if a fuse becomes meta. If Rampart becomes meta, fuse is going to have to be busted out to break some of these walls, you know. Who knows if we start... Dude, actually, this is one thing. I think Ash would be the coolest character ever if her portal had, like, a 10-second, like, back and forth. Like, it, like, if you could go take it and then take it back, but it disappeared after 10 seconds. So it's kind of like the Wraith portal, but a much quicker, like, quick flank in and out type situation. And if you don't mm. get in, you're just... You're screwed. Like, you didn't time it right. I think that would be one of the one of the coolest things. I think that would allow for a, a different style of aggressive play that we don't really have at the moment because now that Horizon isn't as meta. Yep, I'd agree with that. I think that'd be I think that'd be an interesting take. I think Ash needs a buff personally. I just think her Q is so damn useless. It's insane. It's um, a little bit better now. It is, yeah, a little better. A little True. Bit. I, yeah, yeah. I still think in the grand scheme of things, her Q almost needs a rework or like a I don't know, like a buff to her Q. I don't think was enough. That's my, my personal take. But I like that. I like that Eric because her value is her ult. I mean, I mean, you you're one of the best Ashes in the world. You'd agree with that. Her value is her ult. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yep. That'd be an interesting an interesting uh, value add and take. And then uh, keep in mind, you know, new season May eighth. Um, supposedly, rumor has it, leaks through the data miners. Uh, the new character's name is Ballistic. That sounds fun. I haven't heard anything. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds like fun. Fuse 2.0, but I, yeah, I don't really pay attention yeah, right. to too many leagues. So. I'm okay with someone named Ballistic busting out into the <laughs> Apex you know, meta and scene, given Rampart and, and all this madness that has been going on. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I am praying and hoping that we do not, the Rampart meta does not stay, because like I said, from Al, you know this, we used to debate all the time around Path, Watson, and uh, Wraith meta and how boring that was for the competitive scene. It's fun for you guys as players, but it's good to have diversity. It's good to have early game fights. That's why I like the Bloodhound meta. I personally thought the meta we saw at Champs, and then uh, maybe not even not even Champs, I think the London meta was the best meta we ever, we ever had, personally, it was, in terms of entertainment value. And oh, yeah, I like Horizon? That meta was trash, man. Oh, I hate it. Seer Horizon was, was bad. Seer, but horrible. Seer Horizon was bad, but Seer Horizon wasn't hard meta yet then seer came after didn't didn't it come in after london? london in london no, seer no, in london, london all 20 was the peak teams of seer horizon yeah. maybe i'm blank yeah i'm blanking i'm blanking i'm thinking, thinking champs i'm thinking yeah, champs thinking champs. champs i'm thinking yes. of champs yes i'm mixing my land champs events was up good. champs meadows i'm thinking about yes you saw a ton of diversity yes fury ran seer horizon a couple other teams started running like like tsm tried running you know horizon and maggie and, and i think threw a seer in there and then they went back to their old old trusted but yeah overall i think champs meadow was the best we ever had so i hope we get we get something good for playoffs coming up here soon for sure. All right. Look, we've exhausted the conversation. It's a really good conversation. Uh, let's move on to our next topic, which is state of the game. Um, we'd be remiss, you know, as as um, as, as kind of you guys are leaders in the community. Um, you're vocal, but what I love about the three of you is is you're constructive. You don't just complain for the sake of complaining. Um, you guys are always constructive in your feedback and your criticism, which is great. And I think it's important for us to be constructive, um, but critical right now uh, with where things are at. Um, for those that aren't aware, APAC North. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So let's not you know index on that. But APAC North servers were like basically unplayable, leading to a hashtag kind of movement. You know, EA is leaving APAC North behind. Um, a lot of APAC content creators are moving to Valorant, and, and um, you know, APAC North is in an interesting spot. Uh, we'll talk about that later, like I said. But the biggest biggest issue is obviously servers and then audio. Um, Anmo, I want to get your take first. You just played this weekend. Was it as bad as everyone's kind of making it out to be? And keep in mind, the people that don't do well are usually the ones that complain. You did well, so I'd love to get your yeah. take on is it is, I mean, is as bad th as there's... Thing. There was definitely moments where we had, like, no audio that could have, you know, changed the course of a gunfight. Or same thing with servers. We've had, like, sometimes where we just start lagging out of nowhere. Luckily, those didn't occur when we were, like, rotating or in the middle of a gunfight. So I guess we are kind of blessed for that. But when these issues are, like, so constant, they happen all the time. Like, if it was a one-off issue, that's something else. But I think every game you're going into it knowing that you're probably going to get no audio at one point. You're going to be lagging. You're going to have high ping. And, like, if it's that constant, like, I don't know. Th there just needs to be something done. Because, like, obviously you want to win. But when you're doing good, it just doesn't feel right when you're doing good. When everyone else is basically hitting these issues. Like, some teams just end up more unlucky. Sometimes they just die to audio. And if you don't run into that, obviously you could do good. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, continue getting your thoughts, Alvin Snipe. Um, Eric, you're obviously watch party. You saw a lot of the tweets. Um, but I believe we have either a clip or we have a tweet as an asset here. I think I think our clip is ready. So let's go ahead and let's, say, let's, let's watch a clip here. This is actually from Nocturne's POV. Let's watch. Scanning the door. Do we have two kills? Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm dead. I'm dead. Bro, what? Yeah, shoot, that was me shooting him. <laughs> was that, yeah, that was, was that me, you? man. That was me. Was, was that you for real? <laughs> I was Actually, wondering why I didn't move, but yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh my god, let's watch what we, we can't hear audio on our Chrono. I don't know if that's just me. I can't hear. Trust me, we can, they can't hear it either. This is live footage, actually. It's it's the nemesis too. Like it, yeah, it's, it, it's, it feels like it's always nemesis. the nemesis. Most of the or time energy the weapons. Oh, the nemesis and energy weapons in particular tend to, Most to know of the audio. Time. Yes. Interesting. I'd say like uh, almost like eighty plus percent of the time it's nemesis. Yeah. Yes. 
The, the devotion used to have the same problem back in like, mm-hmm. season five. Yeah, it did. You guys remember, you you just explode to a devotion out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Wow, insanity! That combined with a fully revved, and your, your nemesis is fully revved there, right? Anu, for the most part, um, close to it. I think it was shooting? at like thirty. Might have been 30, 30. Okay. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't fully red, but like still, he was weak already. So like, if you don't hear the shots, you, there's no time. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. Especially because yeah. the nemesis, like two birds, does like 130. Yeah, it's just not a not a balanced. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> yeah, but being like this for like two months is just insane. Yeah, yeah. It's like I get why they do it when the, when a season first come come. And then I guess you know, let's finish the audio conversation. Then I actually had the nemesis on my list to talk about because I think that's an important one. Um, Al, your, your take, your thoughts. I mean, do, do you agree? It's it's like a red alert, emergency, must be fixed before land, or is it not that bad? It's it's this is the worst state the game has been in in probably about like a year and a half, maybe a little little more. Um, I don't know. At, at this point, I'm personally. I'm out of patience with the devs um, because like a, an issue this pressing and this common and this just game breaking should not be something that persists in the game for like months at a time. This is something that should be hot fixed within a week of it appearing. It should be like everyone should be prioritizing this. Like everyone on the team that can be allocated to like fix this should be fixing this. It's not like an acceptable bug at all. So I don't know. To me, it's it's pathetic at this point, the current state of the game. Eric? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, you, Sweet posted something earlier today. It was like, like or share this if you've seen no, uh, or if you've died to no audio, no tracers, no nothing. You know, I get it on grenades, Bangalore. I've had silent Bangalore ults, silent grenades all over me. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, the Nemesis nonstop charge rifle and... People are like, oh, just pay attention to your health bar. I'm like, dude, I get hit for 130 on a blue armor before I realize it, and then I have 40 HP to react. And it, and that happens to everyone. Sometimes, like, I'll have no audio while another person who's right next to me has full audio. So it's not like this is a everyone gets it at the same time. Like, there are certain games where I'll have no audio issues, and I'll see the entire chat complaining about their, being, their whole team has it. So I don't know what's causing it, but I look at, you know, this is a, a billion dollar company. I can, I'm going to compare them to other massive companies. And at the end of the day, you know, Riot Games is the golden standard of how you want to see developers communicate and react to issues. Because I'll tell you right now, they would have it fixed within a week tops. If it was a, if it was a week for Riot Games, that would be considered poor because of how high their standard is in comparison to everyone else. Like they hot fix things that day if there are bugs. And they'll address it too like they'll, they'll make statements on hey we have this issue or we're disabling this weapon because it has these these issues but for me it just seems like respawn or whoever's behind the scenes is so focused on their next event or what they can push out or what they can sell that none of this matters to them because in their eyes they they don't you know this this also goes on with the ddosing issue or the cheating issue in rank that people are complaining about like the amount of people that have quit apex this season specifically and gone to other games i would love to see the results or if you if you could do that because everyone says that i have played almost no ranked because of the cheaters and it's at this point it's just ridiculous it's 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 absolutely ridiculous that there is zero communication from their end and then i have people telling me oh you know we're, we're listening we're just not addressing it and uh you can't compare us to other other massive people because i compared it to like compared to traditional sports you think uh, the NBA is going to allow you to play on a, a, a course with potholes. 
like no they're gonna delay the game they're gonna say we have like two months before the next land why was pro league not delayed to address and fix these issues because we're all playing on very subpar situations where it's costing us as professionals the chance of of winning millions of or competing for a million dollars or a million plus dollars and it just doesn't seem like it matters it's just all about what can we push out for the people to buy that's that's my take you see that all across gaming these days honestly Every, everything yeah. is just profits 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 and never like quality but then some games do come out where the quality is just so high and then their profits just go to narnia because you know people have been waiting for that quality for so long that they were just you know, we're, we're all just starved of quality at this point. That's what people want to pay for, not cosmetics. No one cares. It felt like we anymore. got a little bit of a breath of fresh air, too. Like, when they canceled mm -hmm. that one week, we finally thought that they're listening. Yeah. Like, we're going to get these changes fixed. And then, like, they throw out just, like, a trials fix. No mention about the audio. No mention about servers. No mention about DDoSing and ranked. Like, it, it felt like we were finally getting listened to. And then, like... All of a sudden, one week, they don't fix the main issues, and then they're like, yeah, you guys are playing this next week, by the way. So it's, I don't know. It, it's kind of a joke to me. Have you guys looked at the unofficial Pred leaderboards and seen how many people are, like, just banned on it constantly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, if you just go through, like, it's like the top 50 is constantly getting flushed. Just constantly. Mm -hmm. There's, like, 10 or 15 people on that page alone that are legit. It's ridiculous. I, th I think the last thing that I want to say on that topic is... When it gets to a certain point where this has been happening for over a month, like we're going on almost two months of, of these audio issues and there's been nothing addressed, I just, I start to question and I know, like, I don't, I respect the people who do development and the coding. I know it's, I know it's difficult. It's not an easy job, but I start to question the talent behind the scenes of who is responsible for the audio issues and how has it not been found and fixed in a timely manner. Because, and I'm sure they're great at their jobs, but I just, these are supposed to be the best of the best people at what they do. How has it taken this long to fix something like this? And, and if it's that bad, like uh, say, I don't care if you have to tell us publicly, we can't figure it the hell out. But at least I have some sort of reasoning because when it's not addressed, I just think you don't freaking care. Like, I, like you really just do not care. And your only goal is to push out cosmetics. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting hearing, hearing all of your takes. Um, you know, a lot of really good points brought up. One common thread across every single take that I think I want to double down on just in wrapping up is transparency and communication. And at the end of the day, uh, no one's perfect. It's a hard issue, I'm sure. Um, keep us updated throughout, I think, is important. And I think even if it's not fixed, the fact that it has been multiple years. And I, I don't think, has there ever been a blog post addressing audio? Yes. Yeah, there, there has. has been. There yeah. has been. Okay. Okay. So it's been acknowledged as a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. And like that's something that they're working on, but consistent updates throughout, you know, here's what's happening. We're noticing this issue. Like Eric, you brought up kind of the gold standard, which is Riot and Valorant and, you know, disabling guns for, you know, periods of time until it's fixed. Hot fixing issues is what Al brought up. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, transparency as to why ALGS was canceled, it was to fix the trials issues, it seems. Um, I think expectation setting is everything. If, if you set the expectation of, hey, look, we're, we're doing this to fix trials and then we're back on, it's not going to get people's hopes up to think that audio and servers and other things are also kind of being worked on in the back end. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's super important. Look, it's a hard job as a dev. I think everyone here has empathy. The, the four of us do, and I hope everyone that's watching has empathy. Um, no harassment, no hate speech, no no hate ever towards devs. You know, that's totally unacceptable. Uh, constructive criticism and critical criticism is important. Um, so you know, be critical, be respectful. But at the end of the day, also have empathy with understanding it's it's a really tough situation. But at the same time. 
Um, I think one big loss that we had was one person lead on the topic of transparency. Do you guys remember RK Rigney? Rigney yeah. was the community manager yeah. director. Yeah, yeah, he went to Omega Strikers. Exactly. He, he's at Omega Strikers working uh, at um, Odyssey Games now on, on mm. Omega Strikers. And that was a, a massive loss because I think he, he really did take a transparent approach. Ghost Yami's another one. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I think studio director uh, left. You know, there's been a lot of turnover. And it's hard when you come into a new role. I can't understand. I can't assume or speculate. But when you come into a new role, you don't really know the community that well. You don't know the, the team. You, you don't feel like you're empowered to speak up yet. You're still trying to prove yourself. It's hard to kind of like take that transparent role where you don't, you know, you know, maybe if you're not empowered to do it, I don't know what the reasoning is, but ultimately I do hope that, you know, a transparent approach can be taken because that's the most important thing. Communicate with us. We're all very understanding. We have a very respectful community. Yes, Apex pros are very vocal, but compared to, you know, Halo pros, Eric, and compared to Gears pros, uh, yeah, it's night and day in terms of how respectful pros are and empathetic pros are in Apex, I think. I, th I'd say I the think pros are pretty good, but the general so. community is very volatile towards the developers. Facts. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. That's a that's a fair statement. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, look, don't want to belabor the point. Good to get your guys' takes. Um, last topic, uh, la last note on this. I mentioned we talk about it. Is uh, is servers in APEC North? Um, Alb, you're a big student of the game globally. I'm sure you kind of kept up with some of the clips. Uh, I'd love to. I'd love you to start, Alb. Do you see you see some of those clips on APEC North? Oh, like the players running around in slow mo, even from a spectator POV, and admins saying they don't see the lag. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I saw. Oh yeah, I saw that. That that was pretty interesting. That you know we could see the lag from a spectator POV on streams on the main broadcast, but the admins themselves allegedly couldn't see it. That's, I don't know, it's pretty interesting to me. I think that's, uh, I don't know, it's a little weird that that persisted for, what, three games, almost four games they were playing in Soma? I mean, there's whole chat logs of the Discord of every single person complaining, and they're just like, oh, nope. Like no restart, yeah. nothing. It, I mean, delay the week, do, do something to show it that should be you- replayed. Yeah, I mean, it, and there, oh, someone died. Like we can't replay. Like come, come on. Like, I mean, they. It's just, it's just, this feels. I mean, I get why the players are saying it feels like we've been forgotten about. I mean, almost every region says that, and and they're always like NA has all the support, all this and that, but we feel it too. Like we, we see, we're getting, you know, we're complaining now, and every other region is just, it just feels like it's not as serious. Yeah, it's just catching up to NA. That, that's really it. Like, we're finally feeling what all the other regions have, have been feeling for a long time. So, I mean, at this point, it's up to, like, all of us, really, to just kind of put our foot down. I don't think it was just APAC North, either. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Challenger Circuit was running into the same stuff. Today, I think, yeah. uh I think even yesterday. Yesterday, like, the start time is supposed to be, I think it was, like, three, and they didn't even get to play a game for an hour and a half because of servers. Like, the servers just weren't doing anything and then when they even played like they ran into the same issues they were like rubber banding everywhere it was slow-mo servers and like the games just weren't getting restarted it yeah. just feels like uh, they just honestly don't care mm -hmm. yeah well we actually for those that you know did not catch the the, the, the clip that albert so vividly described uh we actually have the clip live for everybody let's look, let's look here now you can actually talk over this. Uh, we don't have audio, but the, 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 the stream does. Um, <laughs> we've all experienced this at a game in the server of Apex. <laughs> like, you know, in a pro, in a pro <laughs> match, and the top reset is kind of crazy, right, Al? Yeah. <laughs> that was, that's an off-spawn <laughs> contest, and you can see that they were lagging before playing game. That game absolutely did. Ah, 
I mean, I get better support in Realm and in the Apex Rising event in terms of reacting to the pros complaining. Like, if you have an entire Discord chat of multiple different teams complaining about lag, it's... I mean, that's all you need. Like, I mean, it's, it's a restart. Like, Realm completely voids games if the lag is too bad. And they're like, okay, well, that one shouldn't count for anyone because everyone's affected negatively and you just have to pay attention. And they just completely void it and say, back out, we'll restart another game and play a different, play a new one. And, and you would think, like, the standard should be what LGS sets, not them having to learn from, like, other event organizers that are just throwing these for the first time. Like, I, it, it, I shouldn't be getting better support from third-party tournaments over the, the main thing. Yeah. All right, well, let's transition the topic here. Yeah, obviously important discussion. Uh, again, all we can do is hope that, uh, again, communication, transparency is kind of key here and is addressed. Um, I think that's the most important thing. I think we all agree it's a bit unacceptable for that lobby to not have been restarted or that those players to not have been acknowledged if everyone's seeing, everyone's agreeing on it, et cetera. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, next couple of days if a statement's made or what's, what, what decision is made there, that's a big one. Um, let's transition here to state of our eSport kind of all up. You know, APAC North was the start of that discussion. Um, we just talked about that. Um, there's a feeling in APAC North that the community is being left behind. Uh, Al, but I don't know if you've seen any of that, any of that, you know, that feeling or any of those thoughts. Obviously, the servers is part of it, um, but there's you know kind of more to it. A lot of the content creators, a lot of the VTubers are now moving with like Visayu and all these really really good programs. For those that don't know, uh, someone named Shibuya Hal. He's on TSM. He's a VTuber in Japan. Massive hosts something called Visayu or Visayu. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it or butchering it terribly, but really really great e tournaments and Apex Esports events, bringing new VTubers and new people into the mix. And people like RPR and Nocturnal have been coaching those teams to help them learn competitive apex which is really awesome it's actually similar to what we're doing with apex rising here in, in north america um but you know those that that group are now doing fall guys tournaments and valorant tournaments and other games there's this kind of feeling that apex north is being left behind uh albert love your take on that because again like i guess i know you're a very big stud student of the global scene the non-move if you have any any thoughts as well i'd love to go out to you after but i'll start with you yeah i mean with apex north specifically it's incredibly hard for them to even just play the game normally because of well really it all it all leads back to cheaters right um, the, their servers, they have it the worst by far with the, with the cheating problem, with the DDoSing problem, with in, uh, server inconsistencies with ping. Sometimes if you queue onto Tokyo, I used to play on Tokyo servers just for fun here and there. And sometimes, you know, I'd get a game where I'm 140 ping and other times I get a game where I'm 300 ping and I'm moving in slow motion. And that's, it's not like I pinged to Singapore or something randomly. It would still be Tokyo. It was just how inconsistent their server quality is. Um, I think that pushes away a lot of a lot of players because like who wants to play a game that they can't practice on their own server uh, in any kind of consistent way, right? Especially content creators who wants to sit around in pubs all day and just like chill that way where they can get stream sniped by anybody and you know have their games ruined by either just a stream sniping DDoSer or or more cheaters or just anything, right? It's really hard to to make content for the game right now, um, but especially more so for, for the APAC North people, I feel. Anu? Yeah, I, I could agree with just about everything he said. If there's one, I guess, positive that comes out of, like, the state of rank, for example, in NA, is it basically puts us in the shoes of what APAC North has been dealing with for probably years now. Like, we're constantly complaining about the cheaters now on our server, like the server issues, obviously, DDoSing, but, like, APAC North's been dealing with that for a while, you know? So, like, it's understandable they feel that they've been, like, left behind and Respawn or, or EA, whoever it is, 
doesn't care about him. Yeah, and then and that's the hardest thing is we all know the apex culture in Japan is remarkable. I mean, it's a, it's a beauty. We saw, you know, everyone's seen the Times Square, whatever their Times Square equivalent is. I can't remember what it's called. You know, light up it's with Apex. With AP- what is it, sorry? It's in Shibuya. Oh, it is it's in Shibuya, a, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. a, it's a yeah. big, big, big crossing. It's a very, very popular um, city in Japan. You'll see that in Shibuya and you'll see places in Tokyo with all the billboards. Insane, yeah. And you see Apex is just a, a, a core part of their culture. I had a friend that knows I do Apex and doesn't know anything about Apex and went to visit Tokyo and saw on a subway an Apex Legends poster and sent me a picture of it. And it's it's all over there, it's, it's amazing. And um, it, it's such an important and pivotal part of our community. It's an important, pivotal part of our eSport. We haven't even had a LAN event there yet. You know, hopefully we can turn things around and keep on growing Apex Legends in Japan. They got a lot of love for the game. I don't think it's a, yeah, exactly. So I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's um, sound the alarms yet by any means. I think that now is a very pivotal time. How, you know, Respawn reacts and responds to, to the, these issues uh, is really important. I think this is the first time that a true cry has, is going to be felt uh, because now we, you know, in North America are speaking to it as well. So um, I'm hopeful, you know, like Re- Respawn, We've been critical of them at times. We've been singing their praises so many times. Season 16 was such a successful launch, right? Um, we were really excited about that. Um, so I am hopeful that you know, a lot of this feedback is going to be received. And um, you know, Apex is such a core game, an important game for EA. It's at the same kind of level as FIFA or EA, EAFC now. Uh, that I'm hopeful that EA invests in the right ways to, to make sure we can fix some of these things. So um, cheers to a better future, y'all. Again, a lot, a lot to be critical about, but constructively critical. And, and at the end of the day, no hate speech, no hate, no harassment. Alroy is right. The general Apex community is so brutal towards developers, and we need to blacklist that behavior because developers are people, um, and that's the most important thing is we treat people with respect. So a lot of love to Respawn. I know really tough challenges to tackle, and I have hope that we, we will be able to tackle that. Nothing but love for all the Respawn devs that work their butts off because uh, we know that they love the game as much as we do. Um, obviously, people like Josh Medina and JBeebs and so many others there. Uh, thank you all for all the hard work. Uh, let's shift the topic now. Stay the eSport. Uh, in terms of more, more on the positive front, like what can we do on our end because you're right the biggest point of discussion here is there's a lot that falls in ea and response hands to fix the game and, and algs and other things but i'm a firm believer in the last couple of months especially i've kind of gotten obsessed with this idea that we could do more as a community to step up and to, to play our part with grassroots events community events now that they gave us private servers and custom codes etc to uh, content and things like this show to help the scene grow so i'd love to get your take on that uh Snipe, i'll start with you uh, what can we do um, to, to try and help a- a- Apex Esports grow? How can we all play a part? I mean, I think what we're doing right now is having this open discussion about us trying to, you know, North America, we have had it good in terms of comps. So us, you know, speaking up on behalf of other regions who don't have it as lucky as we do is a huge way for us to unite as a community. And even hosting, you know, this podcast or Wig's podcast or just some of the other stuff that is coming out. Uh, is is a great way for you know people to get to know the professionals more get to get to hear from us instead of just you know watching us blindlessly play the game all day i, I think this is a really way a good way for people to hear a lot of different perspectives and uh you know I, I love hearing my fellow competitors perspectives as well when it comes to this to make sure that i'm not just shouting in clouds on my own uh so i mean i, I think i think this is you know this a great thing that we're doing right now and i'd love to just get as many different types of opinions and viewpoints as possible to, to really just keep us united love it Really? Um, honestly, I, I don't have much more to add on to um, just what Snipe said, really. I think the podcasts are kind of just bringing the community together as a whole, you know, seeing a lot more um, of our peers on there, just giving their thoughts on the current state of the game. And I guess just 
putting more pressure on, on, on devs to like get, get these things fixed. I think it's very hard right now to like actually put together some meaningful events right now um, just because of how things are. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'd love to get your take with the spin on. Yeah, it's, it's maybe it's hard with how things are to put on events, but um, you just participated in an event. I think you had good feedback and we've heard a lot of good feedback with the Apex Rising Charity Pro-Am that was completely by the community, for the community, community-driven, fun content, but still competitive, yeah. giving new players a chance to grow. So, you know, I would love your take on, on that event and events like that, Oversight, Celestial Cup, and others um, that, that are making an impact. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to deny the impact of basically one-off one events, kind of like the Apex Rising. Basically, you're giving other players that put their hours in, grind this game, you're giving them a platform, giving them an area to like showcase how good of a player they are, how funny they are as a content creator. It, it's just opening so many more doors for Apex to grow as an eSport. Like you're giving a lot of people that don't necessarily have as big of a platform a place to shine. And I think that's the main thing. Eric, you guys farmed top five in the winner's bracket finals. You had some fun with, with Cruz and with, uh, with Chap. What was your thoughts on that event? I mean, I had a great time in the event. I, I think the teams were really evenly balanced overall. Uh, I, I pretty much saw the people who I thought was going to make it to the finals made it to the finals. I think, you know, it was, you know, it wasn't for money. So I was just enjoying the games with my teammates. We were laughing while we were playing the games, but also taking it serious. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really happy with how my team tur turned out. You know, we, were, we just had a good time, had fun. And I think that's what that was all about. You know, it was for a great cause. And at the end of the day, just being able for me to, to still be competing, but not like so invested to where if I don't perform well that I'm, you know, ruining, it's ruining my day. It's ruining my week. Like some of this ALG stuff, ALGS stuff does it, you know, it, it's, a, it's nice to be able to take a step back. And because I haven't been able to play ranked and, and I enjoy competitive so much, like I was just thoroughly happy with, with being able to uh, invest my time into something that was just for a good cause and a good reason. It's awesome, man. Yeah. And then look, uh, that event and Celestial Cup and Oversight and his and hers tournaments and so many more. Um, that's how we can have an impact. Like the fact that there's only three lands this year and they're all in London is, uh, you know, is, is obviously a big disservice to the North American and APAC and uh, other communities, South America, et cetera. But with that said, it's not like EA is gatekeeping lands. Like I, I don't think, I know Crafty Joseph really well. I know John Nelson, the commissioner of the LGS really well. They would love, and they are su super supportive of third-party events. Crafty Joseph like works around the clock to support third-party events. He's one person who signs all the contracts and does everything with the like 40, 50, 60 third-party events going on on like a monthly or bi-monthly basis. So all that to say is um, that's where I think we can step up. Like Apex Rising was a, a first start of like a, again by the community, you know, for the community. Oversight's been great. How can we merge those two things? I'm actually having conversations with Tempo. We've been talking for months in Chrono and others of like how we can merge those two things or maybe like all get together. Yusakis has now kind of joined our team who does a lot for that scene, the, the women's scene, to, um, to do more, uh, to see what more we can do to have our impact and, and, and place our stake. So um, Al, I know you didn't have a chance to, compete, uh, to participate in the Apex Rising tournament. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, but it was cool seeing like Hal kick back, relax and memeing and laughing. I've never seen Hal laugh that much and have so much fun playing in the tournament ever. Uh, running crazy comps and all types of good things and, and you know that 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 format was made for you by the way this is why i was trying to get you to play it so bad <laughs> getting the igl team of amateurs and teach them the game uh, but your, your final thoughts on this topic as we wrap up um i mean yeah i, I caught a little bit of the tournament it didn't you know it, it looked fun it did look fun yeah. um it's a shame i didn't get to play in it i had 
I had the stuff going on, you know. I, yeah, I DM'd sure. you. Um, yep. But, yeah, it, it did look like it was a good tournament, and I'm glad that it turned out the way it did. You guys, you know, raised a lot of money for a really good cause. Yeah, appreciate it, man. And yeah, shout out to Apex community. For those that did not hear, uh, we raised $337,000 in two days. $337,000. It was insane. Mm -hmm. uh, and sorry, I was texting my production team here. Um, kudos to everyone that, that contributed, that got involved and, uh, and donated. Uh, Daltouche even came back for a watch party. His watch party was hilarious, such good content. Uh, and just a, a massive thank you to everyone for, for that. Um, and then lastly, yeah, Snipe, you mentioned it, you mentioned it, content like this, you know, podcasts, shows, ways to get the pros to build their brands. I, I talked a lot about that in Reddit recently with a Reddit thread, really good discussions. Thank you for everybody for being civil in that thread. Um, really good discussions across the board of what we can do as a community to help you know, create superstars out of players like Anmu and Avrilelli and Snipetown, but then you know, Kashera and others that, that really, really do deserve it. So uh, you know, I know there's a lot that we can be critical of. It's important to be critical constructively, but let's also be positive and, and really control our own outcome and what we can. Um, I think that's, that's it for this topic, but uh, big thanks everyone for, for the support in this tournament recently. Let's do more keep growing as a community i think that is our last and final topic so we're gonna wrap up um there's obviously also other content like wide flank white wigs podcast make sure to show support there uh, the apex podcast with finicky and the boys great content there so let's keep supporting one another it's all rise up as a community once again and do good things and, and help this thing become a long-term esport i know i, I believe labored this point last week so i won't do it again uh final thoughts guys i want to wrap this up i know i'm gonna get a long day al thank you for doing this i want to start with you any final thoughts on um anything lgs the floor is yours lgs status where we're at as a community Four years. I mean, I'm just uh, kind of excited for the future, honestly. I know we put a lot of hate onto EA and Respawn, but I believe they're trying still, even though we don't feel that way all the time. But I believe they care, and I believe they're going to do it. I believe they're going to be able to fix everything. So I, I got faith in them. Help. I want to have faith in them. <laughs> I, got, I, mean, I can't, can't say I do, but I want to. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Yeah, um, but I mean, I'm hopeful that season six, er, well, what are we going into, 17? 17. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm hopeful that season 17 is uh, a hell of a lot better than what we've got right now. <laughs> that's, that's what I got going on in my head. We're at rock bottom is what you're saying, so it's only, only up from here. Yeah, yeah, it's only up from here, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I get why you're jaded, man. I totally, totally understand. You've been the longest lasting top, one of the longest lasting top competitors in the scene, you know, obviously, uh, since the very, very beginning of Apex. So you've been here since day one. No one has as much passion as you. But no, I, I'm with Anmu, man. Half class full. Maybe it's the Midwesterners, Illinois boys in us. I'm saying but, um, half full. That's right. But yeah, exactly. But I, I know the uh, the devs are working hard. I, I do know that they are passionate about this game. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Snipe down. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of, I feel both sides. I, I, I personally, Apex is the most passionate community that I've been involved in. It's a very, it's a broad community, you know, it's global. And I think Apex is one of the best games that's ever been launched in terms of FPS. And you know, whether it's a BR, FPS, the team deathmatch control, there's great things that this game has that other games don't like. The replayability is there. And I think this is a game that could have a 10 plus year life cycle if it's just taken care of properly. And I think, you know, at the beginning of this split, this was the, I think it was the most played that Apex had been in a very long time like i think the numbers were through the roof and I, I you know it sucks to see that we we all thought that we were getting this you know revamp you know a new character wasn't launched we all thought it was going to be like they're going to focus on fixing all the issues in the game and that this is like the operation hot fix that we were going to get this season and i'll take the old audio at this point like i wouldn't even complain about the old audio anymore like just get get me back to that and i'll be happy i don't even care at this point but like 
I I would love to see more lands, whether it's third-party tournaments popping up, and if we can do more as a community, then I, you know I want it to stick around because I truly do love the Apex community, the, the fellow competitors that I've been involved with. You know, I came from Halo where it felt like everyone was against each other all the time. It doesn't feel like that. Like I feel like I'm close with almost every single person I'm competing against, and we all want the same thing. At the end of the day, we're all frustrated, but. You know, I, 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 I would prefer it to be here to stay instead of, you know, it dying out because it wasn't taken care of properly and everyone has to go split, split up their own way because I think it is something special. The community is something special. The game is special. And I think we all truly just want the same thing. And if we can have some sort of form of open communication from the devs, you know, we are also here. Like, we're frustrated, but we're here to talk about stuff. We're here to send in clips. I think Zach might be working with Respawn on some of these issues. Um, get more pros involved. Yeah, more pros involved in this. We're pissed, but we want the we want the same thing. We want the we want the the same goal. So, those are my final thoughts. I got one I'm more thing. That. I got one more. Yeah, thing. please do. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's not that the game is bad. That's not why we're all mad. It's because the game is so good, but it's just being mishandled right now. Like it's 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 so close to greatness what this game could be right now, and they're just fumbling just shortly every every time. As agree. soon as we're like as soon as we're right there, they they just always hit a wall. We just need to get through that wall, man. And right now, with like, I, I think that the issues right now are bringing the community together enough that like, this hopefully could could be what helps us break through the wall that's been holding the game back for the past like, I'd say like, two splits, two seasons have been a little rough, but right now it's it's definitely at its roughest. But I think we'll get through it. It was a half full energy. There it is. <laughs> there it that's is. Turn around, energy. baby. It's a little Midwest throat it out. Where are you from again? Where'd you grow up? I can't remember. Hmm. Where'd you, where'd you grow up again? West New, Coast, East Coast? New Jersey, East Coast. He's an East Coast boy. That explains that's, it. That's totally it. get that's it now. It. Totally get Jersey. it. That is the half glass, the glass, the glass half water. No, that's spot on. Man. I love that. It's beautiful words. Uh, truer words have never been spoken. And, and I love the mentality because you're right. We're, we're, we're this close. The game is so good that we want it to be perfect. And we know how, how much of an impact this game could have if we get there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get EA's perspective too. Like, we, we've had the most successful last two seasons. There's continued growth season over season. So we're critical as pros because, you know, um, and, and pro players in general are critical because if we know what the, of the game's potential, and this could all come tumbling down in a moment if the rest of the, you know, the, the fan base starts to realize these same things. But at the same time, a lot of these issues are like the top elite of the elite, and the average casual player doesn't even, he doesn't even recognize audio issues exist, right? So that's what's important, y'all, is that we bridge the gap and we understand the ace perspective, we understand the casual's perspective as hard as it is. Um, season 16 might not have been the hot fix that we wanted as pros, but it was, it was amazing for the longevity of the game because it gave oh, yeah. mixtape as a playlist a chance for new players to come in and not just get absolutely destroyed in a battle royale game and then they have to re respawn back in and wait 20 minutes to play. And, and it gave you a chance to learn the game, learn the mechanics, the firing range changes, there were some really healthy changes for the open funnel, which gets people on the journey to becoming a competitive player and a fan of LGS and maybe a pro player. So a lot of healthy things happening there. I think we all agree about that, but at the very, very top, there's certainly uh, reason to be critical but we're hopeful for that reason. Um, I know we said final words. Any final, final words after that? I'm going to look like you're going to say something. Nah, nah, I'm good, oh, man. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I know you're tired, man. I love London. <laughs> great discussions, though. Yeah, great discussions overall. We're critical because we love this game, and we have nothing but faith uh, in the future of Apex Legends. Obviously, it's uh, our favorite game. It's close to perfection, as Albert Ellie said, 
and we're all grateful for all the hard work that goes into it. But look, everybody, thank you so much for watching. We hope you enjoyed the After Hours show. We try to keep these a little tight and quick and well-produced to make sure they're high-quality content for y'all. Make sure to drop us a follow on Twitter, at Apex After Hours, as well as Instagram, TikTok. And we do have a podcast as well on Spotify, so this will be uploaded tomorrow to our Spotify podcast. If you want to catch it at the gym or on the way your commute to work or any of the above, it'll be uploaded to YouTube as well. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Big thank you to Anmu of 100 Thieves, to Albert Lelly of Lanimals, and of course, to Snipe Down of What? All right. Kokoro's like, Fala, shut up. That's the equivalent <laughs> of like the orchestra playing at the Oscars, you know? Fala, stop talking. Now, okay. We'll wrap up. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week for Apex After Hours after the ALGS. We're thinking about doing a double banger next week, Saturday and Sunday. So make sure to come back and give us any feedback you have. Please tweet us. Let us know how this can be better. But cheers to the continued growth of competitive Apex, everybody, and have a great night.